0: This is Henry Rollins, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Please stay tuned.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 147 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host Aaron. On this episode we are going to feature an interview with Henry Rollins because he is playing Pittsburgh this Saturday, March 17th. I'm going to be at the show so if you're at the show, look for me, uh, say hi. My wife and I will be attending the show, hanging out, checking out what Henry has to say. Um, if you are not familiar with Henry Rollins, you will be by the end of this interview. He is a man of many talents. He got his um, career start, I guess, back in the '80s with a band called Black Flag, and before that, even a, um, even before that, rather, a band called State of Alert or SOA. So Henry's been doing the performance thing for a long time, mostly as a live musician, then transitioning into other mediums. He's done spoken word. He has also done books. Um, he's an author. He has his own uh, publishing company, 21361. He has a radio show that he does. He's been in a ton of movies. One of my favorites is The New Guy, because he's absolutely hysterical in that movie. And another one that I love um, is when he's in Mnemonic. And heck, while we're at it, Heat. A um, lot of great movies he's been in with a lot of great roles. And just a, you know, a very, very Diverse isn't the word I'm looking for here. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, man, not even well-rounded. is. Would, would this be a Renaissance man, time to say? But he does everything. He's a workaholic, and he is taking the Long March, his current spoken word tour, to the Carnegie Lecture Hall this Saturday, March 17th. And I'm going to be there. So to get us in the mood, let's listen to some of Henry's music. I'm going to play one of my favorite tracks called Tearing. This is from... Um, from the album that, that introduced me to the Rollins band and sucked me in as a fan called The End of Silence, and then we'll get into our interview.
2: gentlemen i have with me today henry rollins punk rock legend and icon henry how you doing
0: oh, i'm fine thank you
2: excellent excellent so henry for our listeners who are not as familiar with you as maybe i am um how would you give a background of possibly your career here to bring people up to speed
0: well uh for about 30 years i've done a lot of shows uh a lot with music made a lot of records and done a lot of books. You know, I I own a publishing company, so I'm able to be prolific. I do a lot of speaking dates all over the world, uh, a lot of work on television and film, uh, a lot of voiceover and radio and uh, some print journalism and a lot of photography. Basically, uh, most of it on the independent level, so it doesn't make a a big splash, but it keeps me busy. Wow,
2: you really are busy. I like, your career, as I was, as I was trying to compare from this interview, because I, I've been a fan of yours for a while. i follow followed just about everything you've done. And I was just making sure I was up to date on everything. And just looking at the amount of media that you've been involved in over the years, and I would even say have helped to transform, is just staggering.
0: Well, it's, uh, a, a co- it's constant in, in that it's, it's pretty much all I do. And so little by little, uh, you know, things accumulate. But, yeah, there's, there's a thing I have on my, on my computer I call it The List. And, and whenever I, you know, do a film or, or something, I, I put it on there, you know, kind of like a, a weird little resume. And over the years, it, it, it looks uh, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it, it looks like it belongs to a few people.
2: Yeah, and I gotta say, um, as far as film, I think my favorite movie that you've ever done was The New Guy.
0: Yeah, I was in that, yeah.
2: Yeah, you cracked me up as the warden in that movie. Oh, my goodness. I I made my my wife watch it over and over with me. I just, I laughed
0: so hard. Yeah, the the film work is, you know, I I go after it when I'm not on tour, you know, because between tours, sometimes I'm just, you know, basically out of work, and so I'm looking for something to do. I I don't like inactivity. You know, inactivity is just, I, I can't tolerate it. And so sometimes I'm in, I'm in stuff where, you know, I'm I'm not exactly an actor, but now and then I can get something in a film where I can keep working. And I don't consider myself an actor or an artist type, but, you know, I'm more like a a worker type.
2: So how do you, or I guess, where did your, your work ethic come from? Because your work ethic, as I've watched you over the years, is just phenomenal. And the fact that you are always busy. So how, how did you develop that?
0: Uh, My parents are very instrumental in in all of that. They both were insanely hardworking people. Uh, My father was an economist and worked uh, for the same company, I think his whole professional career. But he would do like 16, 18-hour days standing on his head. I mean, like not a problem, very driven. And my mother was very committed to her work. And so I was around two people who were just pushing themselves and so that kind of ethic, even though I wasn't a, a great student, you know, I didn't like school very much and, you know, had poor grades. I, I had all these jobs. Like after school, I'd have up to, uh, you know, three jobs on the weekend, one after school, you know, different minimum wage jobs. And I I really enjoyed that. So through high school, I never had an allowance. Uh, I didn't need it. You know, I'd, I'd go rake leaves and do this or that and always had money. Because I always worked, and uh, so when punk rock came around and everyone wants to buy records, I could actually buy records because I, I had a job. And a lot of my my friends, you know, really didn't have a a great uh, I don't know emphasis uh, of work in their life. But I, so I got it from there. Also, the the school I went to had a big emphasis on discipline and you know focus. And while I again I didn't get good grades, I did get a lot of good kind of disciplinary chops from that place. And that's that's basically, I, I reckon, that's where it comes from.
2: Wow. So I'm curious as to why you didn't get good grades. Was it more you, you just weren't motivated? Because, I mean, reading your writing and listening to you speak, you're probably one of the most intelligent people, I like, think, that's actually doing what you do today. Like, when you're out there speaking you're not just blathering dribble, like you're, you're very well thought out. You're very well spoken. So what, what do you, what do you think went hand in hand there?
0: Oh, well, I, I got good grades in English. Um, because that was interesting, you know, you reading and, and using the English language, all that was really interesting to me. Uh, I, I think there's, there's ways to teach information that make it kind of uninteresting. And also I, I was probably just like, you know, hyperactive and it was hard to sit still. And so during lunch hour, you know, I would go into the library and memorize things. I would read books and memorize things. Uh, I became interested in snakes when I was a kid, as some young boys will be. So I went and memorized every uh, Latin name of every North American snake uh, and could write them all out. And so the, the teachers would say to my mom, like, the kid, you know, he's, he's got something, but... He just doesn't seem to be interested in what we're teaching, but he's teachable because like you see what he's teaching himself. It's kind of freaky. And so maybe I just wasn't interested in the information. There's just no way that any teacher was, was able to make chemistry interesting to me or math. You know, if you're ADD or whatever, you look at math and you might as well be reading the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, it, it might as well be Swahili Yeah. and you're, You know, my brain just fairly freezes and it's, you know, to this day, it's not that much better. Uh, But at least I know it, you know. And so school was very frustrating, you know, because you'd be like limping along trying to stay out of summer school. Summer school is like the law, you know, like, you know, know, keep keep the summer school off your back. Yeah. Because that was just the worst, you know, if you got hit with summer school, you're showing back up at that place for six weeks, nine hours a day or whatever with a, you know, that that stupid uniform on, you know, it was. Uh, I did it two out of four years in high school. It was heartbreaking because, you know, it, after you get out of that, you got two more weeks, and then school starts again. Uh, it was just uh, a a real crushing blow to your morale. Wow,
2: yeah, yeah. term school is, is rough. So let's take this forward now to um to to what you're doing now. You're on the the current tour. You're on is called the Long March, correct? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
2: So how do you do? so many dates because when you start a tour it's like you almost never finish like, like, like how how do you, you how, I guess, how do you keep it up on the road and keep doing what you do
0: well there, there's a lot of things I do to make sure the show is good every night you know I, I have figured out what gets in the way of a good show uh, not enough restorative sleep not enough good nutrition and too much stress make, makes for shows that are not consistent so uh, up the new you know the level of your nutrition uh, the gym is a fantastic place to lose to lose stress and you know get the lactic acid out of your muscle tissue and stay healthy and so the gym is a big part of my pre-show uh, work uh, and restore to sleep it's it's why I, I do these talking tours on a tour bus because I'm able just to go right to a bunk whenever I want and just sleep instead of a hotel for a few hours in airport and you know where your life is constantly moving around uh, to a degree, to where you you know you're not getting much sleep. A few days like that will kill you. You know, you just your shows will, will plummet. And also, with if you do some shows during a month, you don't really have a chance to really dig in. But if you do a lot of shows in a month, um, for me at least, it be the shows become pure, just because there's no, you're not doing anything else really. Your life becomes tightly focused a bit going, like going down a tunnel and there's really nothing else in your life. And you have to be careful because that can lead to a show where you feel like the string is being pulled out of your chest and words are just coming out of your mouth with no context. But you, you, you know, there's lots of ways to avoid that and remain you know, present while you're on stage. But I, I, I like to tour to where there's nothing else going on to where the show is the big part of my day. And I and think that's, awesome. that's giving the best you can to your audience. To where It almost becomes like this weird cult that you've joined. <laughs> you know, you're the only person in it. But it, it, it's, you know, it's that focus. It's, it's how you utilize focus and discipline to, you know, to get to realize the mission, to realize the objective.
2: So what kind of topics can we expect um, on this current tour? Like, you you have a set? Things you would talk about, or does it kind of change every night when you do these?
0: It, it, it. I rotate a lot of material in and out because um, I, I, I got to keep myself aware of things and not let it get too set in stone. Um, but I, since the last time I toured nationally in America, I've been doing a lot of traveling, and so that definitely gets talked about. Some wow. of the countries I've been to, uh, which include uh, North Korea, China, uh, Uganda, Sudan, Cuba, Haiti. Uh, Bhutan Vietnam India uh, Senegal uh, Mongolia Tibet Nepal Uh, there might be some more in there Um, and and so that that'll that'll get discussed for sure Uh, some interesting things that have happened in the last uh, few months that you know I've been referencing and uh, obviously we have it's an election year so there's some things to mention here and there now and then
2: and you're so your topics, the, the things that you talk about, what amazes me about your show, and I'm curious to know like if this is a conscious thought on your part or, or if, if it's just the way that your material happens to roll that night. Anytime I, I see one of your shows, it is, it is not surprising. It's like you're on an emotional roller coaster because you will tell some of the funniest stories in the world and then, boom, bring us right back down with just some really heavy topics that will lift you back up. I, it, it's just this, this emotional, crazy whirlwind. Like, do you plan that out, or is this just your life as we see it?
0: Well, uh, I, I plan it just to keep the the night balanced, because it's it's easy to be too serious all the time. I mean, it, and that that show it just drags itself along, and it's it's easy to you know have a lot of serious topics because I put myself in a lot of kind of you know, crazy places like that where you're, you know, it's kind of grim. Uh, And you can't make it funny, you know, lest you make light of the material. And like when you, like uh, in 2010, I interviewed some kids who had been abducted by Joseph Kony's Lord's Resistance Army in Uganda. I was in Uganda interviewing them. And these kids are completely destroyed. I mean, they're just, this, this, this experience has ruined them. And I hope they, you know, in their adult lives, they get themselves back. But uh, it's, you, there's nothing humorous about it. And if you made a joke, it, you'd be making light of a really awful experience. So you can't talk about that kind of thing all night. Or on the other hand, if you make everything funny all the time, which I guess you could, you know, you could pick that kind of material. I think it makes the, the whole night lightweight overall. And so I think a balance is, and, and vicissitudes, like a dynamic, you know, ride is is what I'm after. And I just kind of get to it instinctively at this point. But I'm definitely after that. Just so basically you get all the colors on the palette realized. That, that's the attempt at least.
2: I mean, it's a wildly, wildly entertaining night. And also, I want to add, motivating. Like I love when I get to see one of your spoken word shows. I will come home and I will just get completely re-energized for projects I've been working on, if I've been losing motivation, you know, I will sit down, I'll put on one of your spoken word recordings I have or something, and you're just so motivating just because of all the things that you're involved in.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I'm glad that that it it reaches you that way. I mean, it's good to be able to, you know, inspire without consciously, I mean, I don't, I don't, do this stuff necessarily to inspire but people you know have said to me before hey you know I, I i heard you tonight and got me really really wanting to get going on stuff i'm like well that that's cool uh you know and that that's a wonderful thing because i listen to people and music and and whoever else and i get inspired i mean it's i i, I seek that myself uh but i don't i don't sit there and go okay this will be inspiring I, I just say it and sometimes it is
2: yeah, and uh, I can't agree more with, with just the things that you have to say a lot of times. Um, and so, so kind of kind of trying to, I guess, bridge topics a little bit. And one of the um, slogan word tracks that you did I was listening to, Classic Geographic, you talk about your personal night in Tunisia, where you went to Tunis and, you know, you're talking about it like smelling bumpus, it, it's the good stuff, you know. And that made me go back and rediscover the Dizzy Gillespie Night in Tunisia album and then that led me into another jazz record. And that's kind of leading me this way. Your radio show that you do, when I was checking out the set list, it's one of the most diverse set lists that I think I've ever seen in a radio show. So how do you get away with that?
0: Well, I get away with it because there's nothing that offends the FCC. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, uh, the big rule on radio, at least at the station I work at, is, you know, you can't have songs where, the, you know, there's there's... You know naughty words on the in the song because I might get a complaint, and all of a sudden you've got all of that you know uh raging uh but as far as being you know eclectic to the point of you know <laughs> leaving people in the dust that's that's quite welcome at any station i've worked at just you know it's that those kind of stations i mean if you are on a real commercial station, i guess there's a you know you can be told okay, you can't do this, you can't do that. But for me, so far, they, they've they never, you know, no one's ever complained. I get letters, a lot of letters, like, well, that thing you played, is it's not, you know, not interesting to me, but, you know, it was, it was interesting that you, you know, played it. And so, you know, not everyone's going to be happy all the time. but I, I don't get letters that say, you know, that, that track was horrific. I'm never listening to you again. It's like, oh, well that Avon Classical thing you played, well, yeah, it kind of lost me. But, you know, I always listen. And that's that's nice, you know, that someone will at least try it out. And I reckon with radio, it, it's fairly low impact in that it's just sound coming out of the speaker. It's, it's not making you do anything. You know, it, it's not making you uh, throw yourself into an icy pool. Uh, you're not being tied up and thrown into a closet. It's just some some different music. And if you can... Get yourself exposed to some different music. Uh, maybe it opens you up a little. Maybe it makes you think differently. Even if it's damn annoying, uh, maybe that leads to something. And and so my interest in music is fairly you know widespread. And so I try and reflect that on the show. And and most of the time, people write me and they say, "Wow, I'm a 17 year old guy, and you got me into John Coltrane." Well, that's a what's the downside of that? And and so I. I test myself by listening to new musics and trying to pull myself up and you know expand my, my threshold for music appreciation. And I uh, very openly go after that uh, with, uh, with the radio show. Otherwise, if you make things too familiar all the time, it becomes a lulling experience where you know, you're not burning lean tissue, you're just coasting. And I, I, I don't like coasting on any level. I don't trust it. I think it's bad battle strategy.
2: No, I, I couldn't agree more. And so one last question, I guess I'll let you go here. Um, what new music are you checking out lately? Like what's really got your interest right now?
0: Well, there's, uh, a a lot of, a lot of heavy music that I, I listen to a lot. Uh, and, and there's some of these bands that have just released new albums. There's a great American metal band called High on Fire. And, um, I think they're just tremendous. I mean, I, I, they've done like like five albums or so. And uh, the guitar player used to be in a band called Sleep. And I thought Sleep was just a great American metal band or, you know, stoner band. And his new thing, well, not that new anymore, but High on Fire, this like, you know, it'll blow your stereo up. And they have a new album coming out soon. Uh, Jay Mascus of Dinosaur Jr. has a, a, a kind of a weird offshoot project called Heavy Blanket which uh, he sent me the, the, the files for a few days ago. And that's a six-track instrumental record that'll be coming out like May 7th or 8th, like whatever that, that Tuesday is in May. That'll be coming out then, and I'm very excited about that. The band Earth, you know, like an instrumental band, I think they're like Seattle-based, uh, Earth has two new records out, and I haven't heard them yet. I've ordered them, so I'm very excited to hear you know, what they ha- are, are up to now. And so recently, I've been listening to like a lot of instrumental music. Uh, our road manager on this tour has uh, a, a very wide range of musical appreciation. And he always, you know, t- turns me on to stuff while we're on tour. So he's uh, turned me on to a, a few Japanese avant uh, uh, composers and artists who I'm finding very interesting. So I'm listening to some some pretty far out music right now, which is, you know, suits me just fine. gets me out of my my element, you know, and makes me have to push myself, which is, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. Van Halen, new album, new tour. Same attitude, The, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth.
3: Friday, March 30th at Kunsoll Energy Center. Tickets are on sale now. Buy tickets at livenation.com. For VIP packages and more, go to van-halen.com new album a different kind of truth available now i always wanted to learn to play guitar but never had the time then i heard about progressions music studio progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction they brought the music to me the instructors from progressions music studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise which saved me time and money They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at ProgressionsMusicStudio.com That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S MusicStudio.com Or call 724-777-4678
0: I take time thinking about the moves I'm going to have to make I take time thinking about the rules I'm going to have to break it's always push and shove in, sometimes it comes to nothing, sometimes it's more than a mere mortal man can take, I'm up for it,
1: I'm up for it. And we are back, so the song that you just heard was called Up For It, off the Rollins Band release, Nice. One of my favorite discs that uh, the Rollins Band put out, along with the uh, album I talked about earlier, uh, called The End of Silence, and then the album right before that, Get Some Go Again. Get Some Go Again and Nice were different records for Rollins at this point in his career, the point where he released them. He had switched bands and kind of switched sounds a little bit. They're a little more rock-oriented. I think he took a little flack for those records, but they're a couple of my favorite records ever. I just absolutely love it, and you can really hear um, Henry's Roots coming out. And when I say the Roots, I'm not talking the Ramones. I'm not talking the punk bands that fueled him back in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, I'm talking James Brown and some of the other great funk and soul and jazz bands that that influence Henry. Um, you really hear some of those roots coming out when he puts that together with those bands. So anyway um, that wraps it up for this show. I cannot thank Henry enough uh, can't thank him enough for the interview that that he did for us and taking the time to do it and I can't wait to see the show this weekend and hopefully I will see you there.